Failure in relationship. And I thought, that's kind of hokey. But then I thought about this. Jesus gave his rule. He said, <clears throat> we're to love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And he also gave us this. He said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, strength, and mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And I think I had a bit of a revelation because, you know, God didn't tell us to love him just because he needs love. God doesn't need anything. He told us to love him because we need to love the right thing. We will love. We're made like that. We're going to love something. But we need to love the right thing. We need to love him. He needs to be first in all our relationships. He needs to be first in our hearts. And when he's not first in our hearts, something else is going to be first in our hearts, usually ourselves. And that leaves us open to all kinds of things, uh, including addiction. And then one other point they, they, they made was unresolved trauma. Living in a sin-cursed world is going to produce trauma in our lives. For some, it's going to produce catastrophic trauma. You know, they talk about abuse there. That's, that's a pretty deep trauma. We, we know people have such a hard time dealing with that. That's a pretty de de <clears throat> deep trauma. And what happens is, if the pain is so great that I can't cope with it, and I'm reaching out for something to make me feel better, and that can very easily lead to addiction. Now, Leighton, I didn't know you were going to be here tonight. I would have had you prepare something, but I will give you a minute at the end of it to say something, all right? <clears throat> um, so let's, let's look at some scripture here. First of all, James chapter 1. James 1. James 1, verse 13 and 14. <clears throat> Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Now Jim Burke calls uh, that phrase there, drawn away of his own lust and enticed, designer lusts. We to recognize that, that we're all different. We are all very, very different in the way we approach life. I mean... Oh, our, our fingerprints are all, you know, the, it's recognized that nobody has the same fingerprint as you and all the nearly 8 billion people that live in this world, nobody has the same fingerprints as you. Well, we're all very different in our makeups. Now, we want everybody to be the same as us, but they're not. They're vastly different. And so when it comes to our designer loss, you know, we're all going to be caught by different things. Different things are going to catch each one of us. That's why you can't make a list of things to avoid and stay free from addiction. You've got to actually know yourself. If I talk to you about some things, you're going to say, yep, that can, that can be addictive. Can alcohol be addictive? Yeah, one in ten people that drink alcohol uh, will become an alcoholic. That's the figure. I think it's probably true. They say for Ireland, one out of every two people who drinks alcohol will at some point have a problem with alcohol in their lives. Why? Because it's a mood-altering drug. It changes the way things look. It's, it's, <clears throat> it's a disaster. But you know what? Everybody who drinks doesn't become an alcoholic. That's what's confusing for us. 
you know, we, we want to make, make it a black and white world where, you know, <clears throat> anybody who drinks is going to have a problem with, with drink. But no, there are these people that, 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 that we know that don't have a problem. I have a brother, and he's not a drinker. Uh, but <clears throat> He's not saved, obviously. But, but my brother Liam uh, can, can have a half a drink and leave the rest behind him and not be bothered about it. Somebody else? One drink and you're gone. Your history, you're, <clears throat> you're going to be dug out of a, tra- out of a, uh, out of a pit somewhere. Right? The, the point there is this, right? That, that what catches one person isn't what catches another person. So we need to know ourselves. We need to understand ourselves. Um, the Bible says that we're not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. We're all weak. Just the weakness shows up in different areas for us. Right? Oh, if I say painkillers, well... Anybody who's in a medical field will say painkillers are such a blessing. I certainly, if I ever have to have a surgery, I do not want to go through the surgery uh, in my full senses. I hope they have some good painkillers and plenty of them uh, on the day, all right? But can painkillers be a problem? One person can take painkillers and be glad the surgery's over and move on. Another person gets caught with them. Uh, there's an epidemic in America. Uh, there's an epidemic uh, that's killing. Uh, the, 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 it's actually so affected America that it has changed uh, the, 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 expected li- the, the life expectancy of America. And it's down to this area where um, painkillers are having such an impact, and there's so many people addicted to them, uh, that they're dying young. It's changing the whole uh, picture for it. So are painkillers a problem? No. And yes, <laughs> right? You got to be careful. You got to understand what's going on inside you. Uh, uh, what about sports? Are sports a problem? Well, no, they're good for you. Can they become addictive? Yeah. You got to know yourself. You got to know what's going on. Um, what about pornography? Uh, they're saying the, 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 you saw that the average child is seeing pornography for the first time at eight years old. I think that's probably giving it a wide berth. I think they're younger than that now because they've got all kinds of stuff around them all the time. Right? Uh, that girl looked at it for the first time when she was 12 and she went into a life of addiction with it. That doesn't happen to everybody, but it does happen to some. Right? And um, the thing again is, you've you got to know yourself. Right? I'm going to look at some verses that are going to help us here uh, with this. What about work? Work is good for you. If a man will not work, then he shouldn't eat. If a man won't feed his own family, then he's worse than an infidel. Can work become an addiction? Yep. It can become something that gives you your buzz, that floats your life, uh, that, that makes you feel good. Uh, what about the gym? Getting exercise and being healthy. By the way, that's one of the ones that people do switch. It was interesting that that guy was involved in the gym because you do see people switching uh, from addiction uh, with drugs and with something else to, to the gym. Why? Because, you know what? Uh, working out produces chemicals in your body that make you feel good. Is that a good thing? It's a great thing. But you know the problem is? The problem is that <clears throat> you can get addicted to it. So here's the first point. The first point is we've got to be careful because we're all drawn to different things. Every one of us is drawn to different things. And some of those things, you could argue till the cows came home and say, I'm not addicted. I'm, I'm just busy at work. 
you know, I'm, I'm not addicted. I just, I, I just think I should, I should pr pr preserve the temple of the Holy Spirit, and I should go to the gym and work out. You, you could argue until the cows come home. You have to know yourself. If something's getting in and getting a grip, now the next point will help us with that, right? Look at 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12. First Corinthians 6 and verse 12. And he says, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. What apart from God in your life controls you? That's really what, where we need to go with it. What is it apart from God in my life that controls me? What is it that I have to have, and I don't have that, I can't function, and I'm not going to, and I, and I, you know, I throw the, uh, all the toys out of the pram at that stage because I haven't got that, it's just not working for me. What is it that controls you? Paul says all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. All things are not good for you. Now, here's your problem. Your problem is that... What's good for Warren might not be good for Gary. What's good for Leighton might not be good for Eddie. You know, that's the way it works. You know, what's good for one person is not necessarily good for another. I've used Beth as an illustration before. Um, I could walk through the square and I would not even know there was music playing. Beth could walk through the square and have some music she didn't want in her head ringing in her head all day, trying to get it out. Well, because we're different. Right? And we need to understand that we're, that we're different. But here's what we need to do. We need to recognize, I'm different. I live in a broken world. There is pain. What am I doing to deal with my pain? How are you dealing with your pain? What is it that is your feel-good that you actually run to when you're hurting? Can food be an addiction? Of course it can. It's one of the most instant feel-goods for us. You know, what is it that you run to when you're not feeling good? I mean, if we love the Lord God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, isn't it Him that we're supposed to run to? Isn't that the whole point of it? Isn't that what He wants? You see, here's what I think. I think we were made to be addicted. But we're made to be addicted to God, and we'd sooner be addicted to absolutely anything else. Especially something we can control, something in a bottle. You know, something that I can, I can click the mouse on. We'd sooner be addicted to anything other than God, but we're made to be addicted to Him. So if we're not loving Him with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, what we're doing is we're loving something else like that. You know, so we've got to understand that... All things are not expedient for me. So what have you got to do? You've got to watch it when something's getting a grip of you. Don't ask the guy next door and say, listen, is this okay? If it's getting a grip of you, it's getting a grip of you. If it's something that's kind of getting a hold of you, you need to recognize it's getting a hold of you. And so, you know, here's the thing. Instead of having a list of things that we don't do, because these are addictions. We need to walk with God. So when something's getting a grip of us, we're saying, I'm not doing that because that's not good for me. That's getting a grip of me. That's getting a hold of me. Can playing computer games get a hold of somebody? Become an addiction.
Can, can the news become an addiction? It can become an addiction. Listen, anything can become an addiction for you. You just got to be careful of you. And the addiction, you know, is not you're bad, you're wicked, you're horrible. It may be immoral, it may be wrong for you to do. But the point of the addiction is, the problem with the addiction is that you're going to the wrong thing to fix you and it can never fix you. There are not enough drugs in the world to fix somebody. Did you hear what that girl was saying about pornography? <clears throat> that what she found was she was having to go deeper and deeper into it to get the same feeling. Addiction's always like that. That's the way addiction is. You know, it, 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 it's never satisfied. Because you and I were made for God, and the only thing that can satisfy us ultimately is God. We won't find satisfaction anywhere else. We won't find our ultimate satisfaction anywhere. And that's kind of, <clears throat> you, you, you know, we, we can look at that and think, oh man, that's a burden. Or we can look at that, as, first of all, as a reality, and we can look at it this way and say, you know, the needs in my soul can be satisfied. The only way for you and I to live effectively in a sin-cursed, broken world is to walk with him every day. There's no other way. There's no program. There's no drug. There's nothing that's going to fix you except walking with him every day. That's the, the only way. So, so you and I have got to learn, you know what? <clears throat> If this is not expedient for me, if the Spirit of God is raising an alarm bell, whatever it is, it doesn't matter if somebody else does it, it doesn't bother them. Whatever it is, you need to say, hold on a minute, I'm, I'm not doing that. And by the way, be very careful what you persuade somebody else is not a problem. It might not be a problem for you, but if it's a problem for them, it's a problem. <clears throat> because um, even though it's not something that's in, it, in and of itself wrong, the reality is it can get a grip on them and get a hold on them. Right? And then Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. <clears throat> we'll start with verse 14. And we'll, we'll go back and down a bit after that, right? Romans chapter 6 verse 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What does that mean? Sin can't rule over you anymore. Sin doesn't have power over you. When Jesus died on the cross, he broke the power of sin in your life. Does that mean he broke the power of addiction in your life? Well, yeah. He broke that power. But <clears throat> look at the next verses. Um, <clears throat> What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Do you know the problem with addiction for us is? The problem ultimately is that we don't claim the power of God in the situation and turn away from it and walk away free. The problem is that we give in to it. And you see, when you give in to the addiction, whatever it is, what you do is you hand it power in your life. And now it's got power. Now it's got control. Now it's got, it's got a stick to beat you with, if you like. And that's what we do so often. And remember, it's not just in a heavy drug addiction that's going to uh, wreck your life. 
that you find addictions, anything that's controlling you. And when you give in to it and go with it, what's happening for you is you're actually yielding yourself to it and then it's got control in your life. And, and, and that's always going to put you in the place where you're believing wrong. What you're doing is you're believing this has power when the reality is Jesus on the cross broke its power. And we can't really be cured from addiction, so to speak, until we come to the place where we really believe, you know what? Jesus broke the power of this. And he didn't break the power of addiction in your life for you to live a neutral life. He broke the power of addiction in your life so that you could love him with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind to fulfill you in the only relationship that can actually fulfill you. He broke that power in your life. He changed everything. And that, we're not going to look at it tonight, but we could spend a lot of time looking at it. But Romans chapter 6 up to verse 14 is talking about the identity we have because of what Jesus did for us. We are his. We are in him. We are changed. We are different. We have this relationship that if you want to put a picture on it, we can walk hand in hand with Jesus through life because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's how we get uh, victory over addiction. When we come to the place where we understand it's him and his work in my life that changes everything. All right, so three straightforward points. Listen, know yourself, understand you have a designer list. Everybody in this room has an area in their lives they could easily get addicted to. Doesn't mean everybody is addicted to it, but everybody has an area in their lives they could easily get addicted to. You gotta know that. You're weak. You live in a sin-cursed world. There's pain. You don't like pain. You wanna fix the pain, so there's an area that you can use to fix the pain, and if it's not Jesus Christ, and if it's not your relationship with God, it's going to be the wrong area, and it's going to do you damage. So know yourself. Secondly, <clears throat> don't be brought under the power of anything in your life except Him. He has set you free from everything else. Don't be brought under the power of anything except Him. He is the one whose power you're to be under. When you're under His power, you're free. The truth shall make you free, and when the, if the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. Right? He's the only way for us to be free. And then, um, number three, don't buy the lie that sin has power over me. That's a lie. It's not true. Jesus broke the power of sin in your life by the truth. By the truth and recognize, listen, Jesus broke sin's power in my life. <clears throat> uh, everything has changed. And then just some helpful points. Be honest. Get help. Don't try and hide it. If there's something that's an addiction in your life, it doesn't matter. Nobody knows about it. The problem is nobody knows about it until everybody knows about it. <clears throat> listen, get help. You know, it's always easier when you come to the place where you get help. And then... <clears throat> When people come to us in their addiction, let's offer them the love of God and acceptance. Because you know what the addict is thinking? The addict is thinking, oh, if I, if I tell them, they're all holy and clean and wonderful and fabulous. And if I tell them, they will just scorn me. They will just think I'm the worst in the world. Don't be so self-righteous. 
I, your addiction may not show up like theirs does, but you know what? If you're, if you're dealing with your own self in a right way, you've learned how to run to the right thing instead of the wrong thing. And so you know what? You can offer them acceptance on that basis that we're all the same. We all have problems. And you can offer them acceptance because you know that Jesus accepts the addict? Jesus doesn't scorn us because we're, he knows what we're like. He accepts the addict. the addict. We have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We have a high priest that knows what it feels like to live in a sin-cursed world, except he never did the wrong stuff. But he knows exactly what it feels like, and he knows what it is to be tempted to make the bread out of the stones because he's really hungry. And he knows what it is to, to want to avoid the pain of the cross. And he knows what it is to go through what you're going through. And he says, therefore... Come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain help in time of need. He do, not only does he not shun the addict, but he says to the addict, come to me. I know what you feel like, and I will help you. Come boldly. <clears throat> and, he's, and, and, and he will help the addict. All right, Leighton, I'll throw it open to you, our resident addiction expert. Right? You can come up here. We have this planned earlier. Second <laughs> uh, Timothy chapter two. Second Timothy chapter two. Uh, I I have done this lots of times in lots of churches. Uh, up new plenty of times. Second Timothy chapter two, the end of the chapter. So we'd be down in verse 24. 24. Uh, this talks about four people in this passage of, of the Bible. And um, we've seen on the video, we've seen three of the people um, talking, and um, we've seen three of the people talked about. Uh, one wasn't talked about, but we'll, we'll mention them in, in a couple of minutes. The Bible says this, And the servant of the Lord should not strive, but be gentle unto the Lord, at the teaching patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, that God pre-adventure will give them repentance, the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves of the snare of the devil, or taken captive by him at his will. Okay? So the first person we're introduced to is the servant of the Lord. So who's that? We have a church that loves to help people with addictions. That servant of the Lord can be any of us. On the video, you saw the family members, you saw the, the pastors, you saw the counselors. They're the servants of the Lord. They're to help Jesus with skin on, somebody to love, love you, somebody to help the addict. All of us can be that person in somebody's life. Well, the Bible gives us a few things we need to be before we're going to be able to be effective in helping somebody. Look what it says. It says, in meekness, instructing, or sorry, it says, uh, but he must not strive. You're going to find when you're working with people with addictions, you can't argue them into doing well. You know, I had a guy, um, he's in two weeks, he was trying to leave today, um, he's getting to see his kid on Christmas Eve, and uh, I just wanted to strangle. Okay? <laughs> Why? Because it's so selfish. Here he is. He's never seen his kid without being on drugs, and he's getting a chance to see his, his kid clean on Christmas Eve. I'm offering the boy the kid's present for Christmas if he would just stay and do the right thing. And there's, and there's something in him that's screaming to get out there and just go use. And thankfully he's still there. So I uh, won't say his name, but pray for him. Um, but there's just something when you're dealing with addicts and dealing with people that are struggling. Sometimes you just want to shake them. <coughs> The Bible says not do that. Okay. <laughs> it says the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be 
gentle unto all men. It's not so easy to be gentle unto everybody. So it says, um, but, be, uh, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach. You need to be able to teach. You need to be able to disciple. You need to be able to help somebody along. You need to know, in a sense, uh, how you can biblically help somebody uh, from God's word and not just give them, in a sense, a secular approach to get help because that won't help them. So you're trying to break the cycle that they're in rather than bringing them back to what they've always done. It says, and, um, at the teach, and then it says patient. If you know anything about working with drug addicts, what is it? You need patience. <laughs> you know what? They let you down. They don't show up. You know, isn't that true? Yeah. Um, then it says, in meekness. What meekness means? I don't know. Strength or control. You know what? Uh, you know a whole lot more than they know. Uh, it can be very hard not to overpower somebody with what you know as well at times. It says a meekness, instructing those. What does giving instruction, what's that all about? Showing somebody the right way, showing them the right path, leading them in the right direction, giving them the right advice. It says in uh, meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. So here you're introduced to the servant of the Lord, first that's all of us. Then you're introduced to the guy that needs help, he's opposing himself, he's hurting himself by what he's doing. Isn't that the very nature of an addict? They're going against what you want to do yourself. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. And so we're, we're introduced to the servant of the Lord, that's us, we're introduced to the addict. The next one we're introduced in the story is God. If God pre-adventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, what is that? That's God's job in the situation when you're helping somebody that's struggling. They need you to help them, but they also need God to intervene and in a sense, help them for the penny to drop in order for them to see, I need to get right here. For um, um, God will give them, uh, God will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. They need to come to the reality of what the truth is, that they've sinned before God, and that their addiction, their stronghold is sinful. It's not just wrong because it's wrong them, it's wrong before God. And then the last verse, we're going to get to, that's the uh, three people we've looked at, that they may recover, there's the word recovery, recover, that's what we're promoting uh, in our ministry, we're promoting you can have full recovery, that they may recover, what's the next word? Themselves. Now, this is so important. No addict can be helped unless they want to get help themselves. It doesn't matter how many family members want them to get help, it doesn't matter how long the prison sentence is going to be, it doesn't matter how many kids are there screaming for them to do the right thing, if the guy himself, if the girl herself, doesn't want help, the whole world can do nothing to help them. And you know what? Even in a sense, God can't do anything unless the person wants it themselves. Yeah. It says that God created adventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of snare of the yeah. devil. So you're introduced to the servant of the Lord, that can be us. You're introduced to um, the guy who's struggling as opposed to himself. You're introduced to God. And now you see the devil in the story. What we didn't see on the screen tonight is the spiritual attack from the devil that draws people back there or keeps people there. But in a biblical sense, there is the attack of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. When somebody becomes addicted, you saw the pictures of the brain area, and you saw the, uh, the, the, the pathways I was talking about. When those pathways are well established and you have a long-standing habit, so easy for the devil to just push them back into the addiction and they fall over and over and over again. And they lose hope that it can never be different way because they fall on so many times. The only way they're going to get help, I believe, is, is this pathway. They do need Jesus' skin on that's us in the church. This is God's hospital. 
they do need a relationship with God. And they need to get right with God. And they need, they need to want to themselves. If they're ever going to get free from the, the, the trap that they're in, the snare that they're in. And stay free of it. It's one thing getting out of it. It's another thing staying out of it. And that's what we sadly see people going back. Why? Because for so long they've gone down that line and so difficult for them to come back. So uh, lots in, in, in Second Timothy. Um, but great message tonight. And hopefully we all have a heart, I believe, to, to see more people with addiction preached. Um, so, any, that it? Any questions or comments here? We won't, we won't take long with them, right? Any questions or comments? Yeah? Right then, let's. I mean, let's be mindful of the ministry in the church, the New Hope ministry. But let's be mindful of ourselves too. You know what? For ourselves, for our families, for our children, this is an area that that gets people. That guy was an assistant pastor, and all of a sudden, his whole life is thrown upside down. Uh, and you know, we've got to be careful in this area. The devil is out there. He is looking uh, for people he can snare. And you know what? He'll, he'll use anything he can. Uh, to pull you away from God. All right, let's stand then, visit if we come take up our offering. <clears throat>